This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so they can feel secure about their family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Hello, 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 everybody. How are you doing this great morning? My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people. Yes, that is you. Build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and it's great to be with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've been tuning in for a long time, man, I appreciate it very, very much. And if it's your first time listening to this podcast, welcome aboard. Today, this podcast we're going to do is five decisions every investor needs to make, but I may not even get to those five decisions today. I think that we're going to have to split this podcast into two because it's going to take a while to set the stage for you so that you can really take in these five decisions that every, I mean every, investor needs to make. But before we get to the topic of the day, I want to talk a little bit again about the markets since it seems to be a major topic of discussion wherever I go. So I imagine wherever you go as well. And what is the question of the day? The question is, where is the stock market headed? That's the question I get day in and day out. I was at a networking event yesterday. Several people, what's going on with the stock market? What can we expect? What's going to happen? And I told them, I have an opinion on what's going to happen, but I do not have a crystal ball that's going to tell me exactly what's going to do. And nobody else does either. So I wanted to chat with you a little bit today about the recent market performance. As as you know, it has been historically Week The S&P 500, although on today's taping, the S&P was up yesterday and also was up in futures today. I haven't checked it in a little while, but we are looking at about a 10% decline since January 1st. It has been historically weak. And you are well aware of two facts if you listen to this show often. And if you don't, Listen up right now. Number one, investment in equities, which is stocks, carries risk. The risk is that prices will decline. And sometimes these prices decline more severely than others. That is a fact. Here's number two fact. Over the long term investment horizon, equities or stocks, have had net positive returns. And these returns are far greater than those from riskless investments. And when I say riskless investments, I mean cash. You have money in a cash account, a money market account. Those are riskless investments. Those investments have paid on average 3% per year since 1926. However, we've been in a 
different type of market conditions these last few years. So these riskless investments have paid near zero. But back to the equity or the stock market, what we have been experiencing the past three weeks is the risk of owning equities. So how long this downturn will last is unknowable to me or anybody else. But we know and we have confidence that at some point prices will recover. What history has shown is that the steeper the decline, the more sudden and violent the recovery is. So people who think about wanting to time the market and get out right now, and then I'll just get back in when the market's doing a little bit better. By the time they do that, there is such a sudden and violent recovery that these investors miss the upside and do not end up capturing all that the market has to offer. What is immediately apparent is the track of all asset prices in the long term is very good. If I look at a chart that shows what has happened to $1, just $1 bill from 1926 through 2015, I see that it has steadily increased to the point that large capital stocks, the really large companies, $1 has turned into over $5,000. And for small cap companies, small capitalization companies, $1 has turned into over $18,000. We know that capitalism works. And when we look at the long term, we see nothing but up. However, when we start to zero in and really narrow in on some short-term periods of three months or a year, or maybe even a couple of years, we see what the downturns look like. Because within capitalism and the greater long-term success, there are those moments in time, some moments lasting longer than others, that we need to endure some losses. It's fair to say that long-term gains are built upon short-term volatility. We're in one of those volatility periods right now. That's right where we are. That little bit of a downturn in the overall scheme of capitalism working. I mean, if you've been listening to TV or radio or reading papers or following financial news on the internet, I mean, who hasn't really? You've likely heard that whatever happens to the stock market in January, so goes the stock market for the complete year. That's one report that keeps coming up over and over. But listen very, very closely. The fact is that there is no demonstrable correlation between what happens at the beginning of the year and the rest of that year. This is just a story to get your emotions brewing. And as you've heard me say over and over, no one can predict the future. What's behind the equity sell-off may or may not be what the press is blaming. In our investment philosophy, it just doesn't matter what causes a market decline or advances. 
Prices represent the collective opinions and expectations of all market participants at any given time. And even more importantly, current action is not a predictor of future performance. And we know that's true by looking at research on the, uh, I talk about the quantitative analysis of investment behavior. We know that people who try and time the market end up severely underperforming what the market has to offer in the long term. So while watching values decline in your 401k or IRA or brokerage account, It's far from a pleasant experience. I get that. It's not fun. But the fact that we have a consistent investment philosophy that doesn't change because the markets go up or down helps us to endure and look beyond these uncomfortable times. When we get that, friends, when we know that, We are educated enough that now we have the confidence to stay disciplined. And when we're disciplined, more often than not, we have a very successful investing experience. See, most investors don't have a consistent investment philosophy. They react to news or their interpretation of events in anticipation of good or bad influence on stock prices. A truly, fully diversified portfolio is somewhat of a rarity outside those who share our investment philosophy. An inconsistent approach can lead to two of the least desirable outcomes for an investor. First, selling out when prices decline and thereby failing to participate in the inevitable rebound. That hurts, and many people have gone through that. And second, staying invested through a sell-off, but then watching the markets recover while their concentrated portfolio fails to fully participate. It fails to fully participate because it is not a fully diversified portfolio over companies, asset classes, countries, and sectors So they may not fully participate in that recovery because their concentrated portfolio may not do as well as capitalism in general. What we can be certain of is that as markets recover, we'll be on board all of the times because when that market snaps back and we don't know when it will, we just need to make sure that we're ready and we need to be ready day in and day out so that we can participate in capitalism. Man, I hope that this helps alleviate some of the stress and fear surrounding downturns in the market, that these are short-term volatility measures that we have to endure if we're going to get a good rate of return that stocks have to offer. All right, all right, all right. We are going to get into the topic of the day right now. And the topic of the day is five investment decisions every investor needs to make. Friends, I've been talking about this book lately, the last couple of podcasts. It is called The Investment 
answer the five key decisions every investor needs to make. It's a book to learn how to manage your money and protect your financial future. It was written by two guys, Daniel Goldie and Gordon Murray. And I think what's best before we get into these five decisions is to set the stage of the book so that you appreciate these five decisions. And I'm telling you right now, this book is a very short book. I think it's 80 some pages, but only 60 some of the pages are actual readable material. It doesn't, you know, not including the table of contents and the index and so forth. But I wanted to start by setting the stage. Oh, and this, I mean, this book is so short. So someone would think, man, is this book going to really tell me everything I need to know on investing? And what's so great about this book is that, yeah, it's short. So people look at it and think, man, is this going to give me what I need? But I'm here to tell you, it is extremely powerful because so many people are so confused at how the stock market actually works and how best to participate in the stock market. So when you can boil it down to simplified measures, that is going to help the mass of the people, the people sitting on Main Street right now who now have the knowledge and don't have to worry about listening to the folks on Wall Street because there's a complete disconnect going on. So before I get into these five decisions, I want to just do a little book review of the book. The concepts are what I always talk about, but if I can boil these decisions now into five, it might make your life a whole lot easier. I want to get into the authors a little bit before we even get into these five, which we will do on the next podcast. I mean, what kind of investment book? I'm talking right now about Gordon Murray. What kind of investment book would a person write who was a Wall Street insider for 25 years? And if you're thinking the book will be something like how I became a master of the universe in 10 easy steps, you would be completely wrong. At least when we're talking about Gordon Murray, who's the co-author of this book along with Dan Goldie, as I mentioned. I mean, Gordon Murray has given investors a real gift which is the inside story of what investing truly is and how those who follow the prescriptions in this book, The Investment Answer, can have a successful and positive investment experience. And that is what we're all after. The Investment Answer, this book, is also, it's the kind of investment book that Murray, who incidentally, when he was writing this book, had terminal cancer. So he chose to co-write this in the in just the few months he had left remaining to live. That's what makes this book truly unique because Murray, he didn't have an axe to grind. He was entirely free to write whatever he wanted to get to as many people as possible, to relate his experience on his 25 years on Wall Street that then collided with this other fella by the name of Dan Goldie. Dan Goldie and Gordon Murray had opposite investment philosophies. And Murray who worked as an institutional uh, trading and in sales for Goldman Sachs, Lehman Brothers, and other firms. He met Goldie 
after he finally retired because he wanted help with all of his finances that he created. Kind of weird, right? But he did. He wanted help. And when he met his new advisor, Goldie, he was introduced to something he never was in 25 years working on Wall Street. You would think if you worked on Wall Street, you would know everything there is about investing. Yet, ironically, it was Murray's extensive training and experience in institutional investing that allowed him to readily see and folly inherent in the way people invest and to conclude that stock picking and market timing are nothing but speculation. And while asset allocation, broad diversification, and portfolio risk, reducing costs, staying the course, are investing. That's what investing really is. How could any self-replicating investment banker come to any other conclusion? In the course of his career, he had institutional money managers confiding in him that they hadn't a clue as to what their next investment idea would be for the 50 billion or 100 billion they had under management investing. Is that just crazy? And he even said others admitted to him that they were nothing more than very expensive closet indexers because they didn't know what else to do. They didn't have a crystal ball. And while on the outside, they appear Wall Street to be these all-knowing, very experienced, very high-paying, smart people wearing the most expensive suits, living lavish lifestyles. They must know what's going on. They don't, folks. They don't. And I'm not here to say that these folks that I'm talking about aren't smarter than I am. They are. I'm sure their IQ, a lot of them, not all of them, are smarter than me. But their job is not to work in your best interest. Their job is to make the company they're working for money. Their job as broker dealers is to just find a suitable investment for you. Maybe not the best thing for you, just what is suitable. And the cost of trading and active management that Wall Street participates in is so expensive with the costs you can see and with the costs you can't see, such as taxes and bid ask spreads and all the different people that get a slice of the pie every time a trade is made. So even when somebody has the smarts to outwit the market over the market indexes, the cost to do so brings them below the index. And if they're below the index, why are you paying them in the first place? We know as a fact that if you look back 15 years, at least ending December 31st, 2014, that the number of active managers that actually beat the market were 19% of them. That's it. So if you're out trying to pick funds of smart, active managers who participate in active funds, so the mutual funds are active, you have to find the right ones. And if you're out picking 10 mutual funds, you only have a 20% chance each time to find someone that will outsmart 
the market. According to Murray and Goldie, when most people think of investing, they think in terms of, you know, forecasting or searching for someone with an accurate crystal ball who can lead them to investment nirvana. The good news, they say, the authors of the book, is that investors needn't get the future right in order to have a successful investment experience. One more time, investors that's you and me, needn't get the future right in order to have a successful investment experience. In fact, our capitalistic system generates a positive return on capital over time. Otherwise, it wouldn't be capitalism. It wouldn't be capitalism if it wasn't generating profit over time. The authors of this book don't see wealth being created or preserved by moving money from stock to stock or fund to fund or market to market or from one hot money manager to another. Totally on the contrary, that kind of activity to them is simply speculation, gambling, not investing. Instead, to them, the authors, True investment wealth is created and preserved by millions of laborers, entrepreneurs, workers, and managers who together with the application of capital supplied by investors, that's you and me, investing in the stock market, help to build companies and make economies grow over time. Investors who supply this capital, this money, by investing in stocks and bonds are entitled to their fair share of the returns that are generated as a result of the activity. And how do we get paid from stocks? We get paid by stock appreciation and by dividends. The authors believe that the most effective and efficient way to invest in stocks and bonds is in public stock and bond markets. And with a proper time horizon, discipline, investors can capture global capital returns in these markets, which should beat most active investors. And these active investors are trying to beat the market. And this whole philosophy that the authors are talking about can be achieved with less risk. So that to the co-authors is what really constitute the process of what we call investing. So those who choose to invest in that way, broadly and cheaply in global capital markets with asset class funds can win over the long run because global capital market returns are just sitting there for the taking by anyone. And because of this, the authors maintain that there's simply no need to speculate with investment capital via stock picking and market timing. The problem is that most investors don't understand the difference between investing and speculation. And the investment answer was written to explain this difference. And that, the long and short of it, is the answer. That's the investment answer to be investors, not speculators. One more time. The investment answer was written to explain this difference. The difference, the long and short of it is the answer. The difference 
between investing and speculation. Folks, that was a mouthful, a big mouthful. But I hope that gives you a better understanding on the stage that's set on this little powerful book that there's so much truth that exists in this little book. And I thought it was important to set the stage. And now you might be saying, so where do I go from here? What do I do? And here's what you do. You listen next week so that we can go over in detail the five decisions every investor needs to make. Why? So that you, you my friend, can be an investor and not a speculator, not a gambler, that you can participate in capitalism and in the stock market so that you can achieve the best possible chance and have the greatest chance for a successful investing experience. That's all for now this week. Tune in next week where we go over the five decisions. And until then, have an unbelievably great weekend and week. And I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.